Well, this is a little bittersweet. What? Leaving Breckenridge. Oh, I know. All of our new friends. We have met so many new friends in the last, well, last week, I guess. And it it doesn't seem like that always happens. We're getting ready to leave and they come out of the woodwork. It's like when the plane lands and everyone starts talking to each other. It's just like that, isn't it? Okay. We're leaving. Oh, well, so tell me all about yourself. That's really funny. It really is. You feel released or something. That really does happen on planes, doesn't it? It does. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. When those wheels go down, the the mouths open up. But I have to say, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Aren't you? I mean, could, could you imagine if you had all that nervous uh, chitter-chatter talk? As, oh, you man. Know, we get, we've got a 14-hour flight, and everybody starts minute one. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. But we have, we've met so many really, really cool people oh, here yeah. in, in Breckenridge, and we spent the last two days sitting out in the, you know, outside in the next to these coffee shop cafes and a big round table of people from all walks of life. But the one common thing is that these were all people that, and I know we attracted them mm-hmm. because we were sitting there and it's, it's nothing but edification, championing, um, encouragement, celebration in, in just a, a group of wonderful people. But hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next town. <laughs> yes. It is addictive, though. I have to say, you know, we've talked about this before, but it only seems to get worse and more addictive the more we do it. The more we travel and move around and meet more people, I just can't Better. seem to get enough of the newness yeah. Yeah. of it. And I guess those are just, that's the nature of new experiences. Friends all over. Yeah. I mean, from coast to coast and country to country, it's really... Yes. What a way to go. What a way to live. So I think the last time we did a podcast broadcast, we were camping, weren't we? Oh, you're right. And, but that was that was before <laughs> the eagle, wasn't that was it? Was before the was, eagle, yeah. was it? I think it was. Uh, you know, my it, apologies if it wasn't. But oh no, I don't want to tell the same story. That's the worst. Well, well, maybe somebody didn't hear. I don't think we <laughs> told that story. I don't think. We or did we? <laughs> it's not much of a story. We saw an eagle the end. <laughs> yes, I don't think it was on the last. I, I'm a little paranoid about that, though, because every now and then on the podcast, I'll find myself saying, or, I mean, we've only had, you know, over 320 hours of podcasting, and, and I always feel like I'm telling the same stories, which is painful. You know, if somebody keeps telling you the same story, you're like, dear God, just... I don't want to. Do it. <laughs> oh, it's not good. So call us up and stop us if we're in the middle of something we've already told you. Yeah, you can send us a rude email if we're and repeating e- ourselves. There was a gorgeous bald eagle watching us oh, fly fish man. in Wyoming last week. Yes, and just it was on a limb right above you, and so I was able to swing around in position really quick and focus my iPhone. <laughs> And kick one leg out to the side. Kick one leg out and and assume the position. Yes. And get you and the eagle into my field of view. Yeah. And it was pretty extraordinary. It was beautiful. Actually. And then the eagle flies and 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 uh, capturing all these these. Put it, let's put it on our website. So can we'll we put it on uh, Instagram. Where? Instagram and Facebook. Facetime it and put it on <laughs> Insta now. And all those features. You know, I think the eagle was overestimating our fishing, uh, our catch. 
He got tired. <laughs> I think he waiting. was like, okay, I was going to steal your fish, but you're not catching And anything. they will do that because when we were in Alaska, yeah. I remember an eagle coming down and, and taking the fish off of this guy's line. Yeah. They do that. You know, and it makes sense. It's, they're, they're working smart. <laughs> so he was watching you fish. And me fish. Yeah. Beautiful eagle. We'll put it up on Absolutely. In Instagram. What a is. what a wonderful, wonderful, fantastic, transcendent time it was down by that river in Wyoming, mm. Steve. I mean it and was it's standing in the water. Oh in my the snake, goodness. Snake River. And there is something I'm so grateful for for nature, for natural settings, mm. for even just the these these areas of the country and the world that they've preserved. For us to go spend time in there because there's something about nature that makes, I think, transcendence and enlightenment easy, which is nice. It's so nice, isn't it? And it's I'm also really glad, nice. Aren't you also thankful that there are certain activities that you can mm-hmm. can equip yourself for it to have an excuse to go out there? Because yeah. what if I just said, um, Megan, I'll be back in a little while. I'm going to go stand in the river. <laughs> and you'd be like, you better be fly fishing. <laughs> Right, but that's that pretty what funny. We're doing is we're just... I'm going to go stand in the river for a few hours, honey. Right. <laughs> now you have to take some gear. How about fly fishing? Then you could just stand. I'm there. not a psychopath. <laughs> so, well, we had an interesting email from one of our listeners, and love it. Yes, uh, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. And she writes. She said that I am currently going through long COVID. Mm. experiencing fatigue that is sort of a showstopper. And she said that it makes day-to-day life, like going to the grocery store, a real challenge. However, she said that she's learned a lot and expanded her mind a lot already by listening to our podcast. And she said that I believe this is a blessing for more love and for even more uh, for better health. She said that I have fought off fear Um, enough for the past six months that I'm getting pretty good at it. And I'm speaking (laughs) health and energy to myself as often as possible, like you teach, that words are things. I like to think of the current reality as old news. Many thanks to you and Meg. Well, good work, Jennifer. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Let's talk just a little bit about what to do with any kind of symptom of sickness whenever it shows up. Because I think that... You know, there's there's so much to do, yet there really is not a lot to do when there is a symptom that shows up in order to be a kinetic believer that is manifesting perfected health. Mm-hmm. And so first off, um, we are all super powerful beings. Every human being is powerful, more powerful than any of us actually realize. Mm. And we were all formed with creative authority and dominion in this world. So powerful, in fact, that no person is living a life of circumstances that's not formed out of what they've been thinking about, that is not created out of the things that they've been talking about. And so... The higher wisdom of our creative authority says this to begin with, that the dominion of our will should never be used against another person or anything that's external to us, okay, first of all. And it should never be used on, actually, on our own physical body. Now, hold on a minute before you jump up and down saying, now, wait a minute. You, get, get your hands off your hips, Maggie. You felt me. Don't use your, but your, do not use your, the dominion of your will 
on your own physical body because there are things that we are to do that affect our physical body, that changes our physical body, but focusing on what's wrong with the physical body mm. will never manifest what's right. Yes. The sole legitimate use of the will is for determining what we should give our attention to and what we should think about and what we should think about the things to which our attention is given, where we turn our attention, and then what to think about what we're focusing on. All belief begins in the will to choose what to kinetically believe. In other words, you cannot always and instantly believe what you will to believe, but you can always will to believe what you want to believe. <laughs> Take it from there, Maggie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> like that's one of those rhymes, you know, like a riddle. <laughs> we should, Unlock this riddle. Why don't we do the podcast to a click track? Is that, is that possible? <laughs> you know what that made it's me feel rapid. like is when I'm saying bye to you or you're dropping me off or, you know, we're going somewhere and you say, and the secret to life is, and then you roll up the window. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm still talking. Yeah, exactly. That's what that felt like. Oh. <laughs> so maybe gotcha. maybe say it again so we can absorb this. Well, but well, say it again. <laughs> right. well, hey, hey, you okay. want us to right. you want us to digest no. it. So what what I'm saying is you cannot always and instantly believe what you will to believe, but you can always will to believe what you want to believe. In other words, you're using yeah. the imagination yes. and you're using the desire to call into your reality the things that don't already appear to yeah. be, but you desire them to be. So you're using your will to choose to believe what you want to believe, not based on the senses. Well, and this nugget of truth is so, so, so important. This is the, the big kahuna, if you will, when, you, when it comes to actually seeing change show up. Because getting distracted by the thing that we don't want is very easy, and it's also very um, it's very cunning. It's very coy. It's easy to get sucked into focusing on what we don't want, and so this sort of constant reminder, you know, stirring up this truth mm. that you're giving us right now, stirring up the truth of the reality of hey, you have to uh, control your thoughts, you have to control your emotions, and control that hot focus of manifestation that's going to make the thing show up. Yeah. In, in, in other words, you know, you want to believe truth about health, right? That's what yes. all of us want to do. What is the truth about health? Well, is it the way that I feel? Is it, is it the, the, the problem or the issue that the doctor said that I'm going to have to deal with? What's the truth about health? Because that's what I want to believe. Mm. And so to believe truth about health and you, you can will to do this, but you need to know what that truth is to will to do, to will to believe. And also, I have to say, I, I loved. Some, I heard someone ask you many years ago, they said, well, you know, I feel like I'm lying. You know, if, if my arm's broken and I walk around going, my arm's not broken, I, I feel like I'm lying. And you gave this wonderful answer and you said, you know, there may be some facts, some realities that are occurring around you, um, but that's very different than the truth, your truth that you're pursuing. The fact of a symptom is just there to try to get you to determine what you're going to believe about it. And if you say the symptom is the is the truth of my physical health, then you're applying your belief to that and using your will to manifest the furtherance of the symptom that is already showing up. Would you say that something becomes your truth when you attach the words, I am, 
to them when you start to identify with it? That's absolutely correct. I am. Well, what are you? Mm. I am. And then you can, you can finish that with a negative or you can finish it with a positive. I am. Therefore I am. That has almost an explosive impact, doesn't it? It, it absolutely rearranges everything on site in that moment for good or for in, in any direction. Yes. And, you know, knowing this is when you decide to do this, knowing what you're doing, knowing the power and the importance of the words you speak and <laughs> knowing what and, you're doing, and knowing what you're doing when <laughs> you do helps. this, this is the first step toward manifesting wellness in your body, yes, manifesting yes. healing, manifesting that. a miracle where a miracle is needed, regardless of what the doctors have said. Mm. There is source wisdom from which all things are made and that all human beings receive the source of health from and the source that is life that we receive health from. Because the human spirit, while having its natural experience, is permeated with this source wisdom and when adapted as one's focus of attention, focus of thoughts, this is what determines the function of a person's physical body. And we can either go on automatic pilot and just let things happen, or as the powerful Uh, a creative being that we are, we can on purpose will what our bodies will reflect in the natural. Well, and this is taking me back to something you tell us all the time, which is you are the final authority. You have the final say on your life, your health, what's going on in your body, your relationships. Because when it comes to health, there are many, many, probably more than any other area of life. There are people approaching you constantly. Um, You're facing people who say, I'm the authority. I'm the authority on health because I have a degree. I'm the authority because I have all the answers. And so it's going to be vital, especially with health, for us to walk through life going, no, no, no. I mean, I get what you're saying. I see where you're coming from, but let's leave that out of this because I'm the authority and and I'm going to be the determining factor here. The doctor will give you one report. The commercial on television will tell you that you shouldn't be laughing all the time. The the, 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 the <laughs> pill, pill bottle says this is how often you need Jeez. to take this. And everybody's got some idea, yeah. but at the end of the day, we are, you are the final authority, and it's because of the authority that you were created with, the dominion that you were created with, that is the substance of your will, and now it's what you're going to say about a thing that is going to determine what's going to manifest into your body, manifest into your life. It seems like this is also going to require a level of trust within yourself, getting to know yourself from a new place, in a new space. Uh, affirming that identity, affirming that connection with higher source, because in order to uh, allow yourself to be the authority on all of these different facets of life, uh, you have to see yourself as that. You have to see yourself as an expert on you, an expert on the life you're supposed to be living that you want to be living. Um, Because I just know that in my past, there have definitely been times where I second guess my own instincts where I'm concerned. Um, and I've grown well beyond that. But that's a real uh, part of this journey. Trusting it, trusting yeah, yourself. Yeah. If, if anyone should dwell only on the thoughts of perfected health, mm-hmm. they cause the source wisdom of perfected health to function in their body, provided that the attitudes and the actions are in alignment with their new thoughts of abundant health. And back to what you you said, you know, when we say I am or I am what? What are you? Well, I am 
sitting here with a cold. I feel bad. I am sick. I have uh, this ailment. I am what, well, then we are creating as a final authority what we're calling that to be into our bodies. If I am, therefore I am, perfected health, or joy, happiness, uh, wealth, um, health, anything that we are filling that in with, then that becomes our mantra for living. And we are aligning ourselves with source life when we do that. Mm-hmm. Look, when I adhere to and when I rely on the internalized dialogue of perfected health, I must begin to act upon that because I cannot maintain this belief unless I also follow it up with an action. Mm. The, wow. the light of health cannot manifest the benefits as long as I continue to act as if the opposite were true for me. In other words, I cannot keep kinetic belief in perfected health if I continue to proclaim I'm sick or to act like a sick person. If I continue to behave in a manner of a sick person, well, I'm continuing to be double-minded about my health, aren't I? And if I continue to to pay attention to sickness, I will continue to be a sick person. Wow. So so the, the first step toward acting in the outer world, the egoic reality, like a person is well and filled with the life flow of light energy, is to pay attention to the life force of light, life-giving, perfected health energy located within. It's within all of us. So I focus on the image of my conception in my journal, the way that I am constructing myself and my articles of faith that I write about. I focus on the image of my conception of perfected health, and I move the image into mindfulness, my way of thinking, until it begins to have a cognitive meaning to me. I am, therefore, I am healthy. And I see myself now doing the things that a strong and healthy person would do. Mm. And so now I have this unwavering belief that I can and I am doing those things in the same way of a healthy person. And so I think of myself in alignment with health until the inner expression of abundant health manifests. And it always does. It has to. The universe backs up the person who does this. Uh, it's not a respecter of people. It, this is the way that the universe was created, through the bias, which is the intention of the creator. We're created in the image of the creator. And so now what am I doing? I'm manifesting abundant health into the natural. Well, and I have to say the the revelation knowledge nugget that I'm getting here is that, you know, health or anything else is something that's built. You know, you're building the house of health. And I have to say, if, if I went back to the beginning of this podcast already, I could quite literally listen and write down the blueprint for manifesting health. That's what you've already given us. And I think that's, it's incredibly profound because many times when you only have a shallow understanding of manifestation, you really feel as though you should be able to do one simple thing and then pop goes the weasel. (laughs) And here's the thing you were talking about. But really, it's much more than that. You're constructing. You're constructing your identity along with your belief, along with I am. And you're developing this really profound understanding of how all of this is going to enter your life. And it's going to give you even more knowledge and more abundance in these areas than maybe you even realize. And I just think it's Probably what I'm saying, kind of the long way around, 
is that you've given us step by step by step from day one until the final understanding and manifestation of health. And all I'm sharing is what was given to me by light itself. Mm. Source wow. imparted this wisdom of knowledge of truth into my, into my consciousness 22 years ago. And I was going to teach some of these manifestation principles to a very large crowd, and it was up in Virginia. And I came down with the flu. Mm. And and so I'm I'm meditating on this, and the wisdom and the light went off inside of me that I don't have to succumb to those symptoms of the flu. And I realized and proclaimed it, and it became part of my mantra, part of my affirmations from highest viewpoint, that I don't have to be sick. And I will never be sick again. And as you know, and that was 22 years ago, I haven't been sick in 21 years. (laughs) <laughs> I, nothing. Yeah. I don't get sick. I don't, yeah. I don't have a cold. Nothing comes on my body. So, and, well, what am I doing? When a thought of sickness or disease shows up, I reject it. And I don't let it get into the fertile soil of the mind by dwelling on it. I mean, it should not be entertained. It should not be considered. A thought formed by the outer world should be used as a trigger to begin meditating on perfected health. And it should be replaced with, I'm well, I'm life, I'm light. Nothing can come on this physical body unless I give it permission to. I am, therefore I am. Mm -hmm. And so now while practicing being sincerely grateful for the life health that I'm flourishing with from within, I'm also at the same time, I am grateful for the radiant light of expanding life force coursing through my physical body. You know, I love that because we don't need to be overthinking this thing. Don't think it's more complicated than it is. We were spending some time with a friend recently, and um, he has a real tendency to talk about politics, which he doesn't like about himself. <laughs> and he started talking about something political, and he, and he just, in the middle of a sentence, went, No! <laughs> right. And so did all and so did his friends. <laughs> but but you know, that's probably a good example of uh, when a symptom or a thought of of illness tries to come on you, it's as simple as going, No, I cast that down. I reject that thought and I replace it with fill in the blank. Use it as a trigger said. for positivity. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because you know, this is how you control your thoughts. I mean, this is how you cast down negative imaginations. And it's by connecting with spirit, upholding all things. And it's gratitude for the wisdom of I am, therefore I am health. It's Mm. the affirmation when spoken aloud that I am, which anchors anyone who speaks those words. And the words I am, therefore I am, prevents anyone who speaks those words with a positive interruption from being swept away by negative reasons, uh, negative symptoms, the negative outer world in any way, shape, or form. What advice would you give someone who, as we know, I mean, we've all been there at some point, whether you've had the flu or whatever, but there are these times where your physicality is so depleted, it, it affects your mind, and it does affect your ability to think deeply uh, and think in an elevated way. Um, If somebody's in that position now, they're physically quite depleted, what is maybe the simplest thing that they can do to start the process of rejecting these very uh, powerful symptoms at times and, and, like you're saying, replace them with the, the focus of health? Well, to reject the symptoms, the first thing that we have to do is to reject the thoughts. And we reject the thoughts by speaking what we would rather have rather than thinking what we think we have or don't want to have. And I would say that, you know what, by entering into a full relationship, 
with the I am life divinity within every single human being. It is vital that you several um, times a day sever yourself from all mental relations with sickness, with disease, because a person cannot be double-minded about their health. Mm-hmm. And it's the world is filled with forces that are trying to convince you that you are anything but healthy. In other words, you cannot pay attention to perfected health and watch commercials on television about the latest drug cure for sickness. You can't do both. In the same way of manifesting wealth and joy and happiness and edifying friends like we're about to leave behind here in Breckenridge, (laughs) unconditional love, health requires a kinetic belief relationship with what you desire. And what we all desire is perfected health. You know, and that brings up an interesting point because sickness and and illness has become something that is almost celebrated in society, whether it's, you know, maybe you get a pass at work or from relationships, people love to discuss sickness. They love to tell you about their stay in the hospital. And then you have all the prescription drug commercials on, on everywhere you look, just saying, well, do you feel like this? Like you, you know, you were kind of joking earlier, uh, but it's, it was true. There was really a commercial on it. It said, if you laugh too much, here's a pill for you. Right. I mean, right. but, but it's just, I think it's interesting and, and also vital to acknowledge that inundation and that society does reward sickness so that, because you can be sort of drawn into that, uh, that culture and those, those uh, buzzwords. It's, for example, if you are not feeling your best one day and you're around certain people, you feel the need to let them know because you want them to know why maybe you're not performing at your peak. And it's so important as a kinetic believer to, to rely on truth and not what you feel like should be happening or, or don't get pulled into that temptation. So we want to stand in that flow of a river without fly fishing that is positive energy and to remain in that flow. And because this is yes. the secret to uh, access, accessing an uninterrupted, <laughs> yes. accessing an uninterrupted <laughs> flow yes. of positive energy, which mm. upholds all of life. And I love that visual of the river. Because that is actually how it feels. It's as if you have just stepped out of the flow, and the flow is still there, and it's still available to all of us at all times. So just mentally imagining yourself even stepping into that river of, of love and unconditional love, kinetic belief. Well, you've got the person that calls you up on the phone that wants to talk wants to talk about sickness and, and disease and these other things. It says, come on up here out of the flow of life, out of the river of life, and let's talk about some of these bitter, <laughs> uh, sorrowful that's, things. That's when you go, oh, I can't. <laughs> You're breaking up. (laughs) Or the water is fine. Come in here where I am. Yes. This is how some of the world's various religions have been able to produce miracles of healing. Mm. Yes. Um, Christian science, for example, uh, is just one example of insisting that its converts sever all relations with disease and only relate themselves with health. And what we find is that the healing power of Christian science is not in its theological formula, but in the fact that it induces those with symptoms of sickness to ignore disease as something that isn't real and to accept health by faith as their reality. And it often works for them, but not always. Failures come when those trying to just think in a healthy way still consider the sickness. In other words, they will say something like, 
I'm not sick. I don't have cancer. I don't have a cold. I don't have uh, kidney stones, whatever it is. Well, what happens is if you dwell in a place absent those things, those things cannot be something that you don't have because they don't exist for you to avoid. And if they don't exist, it's not something you're paying attention to. And if you're not paying attention to it, then there's no cancer for you to say that you don't have. It's not in the realm of perfected health, in other words. This is making me think of, there's a scripture in the Bible, and it, I'm obviously paraphrasing here, but it basically says to be simple-minded toward sickness, toward lack, toward these negative entities. Mm. And I love that phrase because it, it's as if we can't even comprehend it right you know it's something that our we can't even wrap mm-hmm. our mind mm-hmm. around because it's such a foreign concept to us as kinetic believers well you can find the the truth of manifestation the truth of kinetic belief and it is in the bible because the bible says that faith that works is like the destruction of a yoke mm. and and a yoke is well it's a wooden uh, cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to a, a plow or a cart that they were supposed to be pulling. And so a yoke is something that's regarded as you know being very oppressive. Mm. A yoke is very burdensome because you're pulling something along with you. And so a person who continues to say, I'm not sick rather than I am healed, protecting my healing, they're still attached to the idea of an oppressive or a burdensome condition of sickness. Mm. And so they're like the oxen that are still attached with a yoke to the thing that they would rather be separated from. And so what happens is a kinetic belief works by the five modalities of imagination, desire, words, action, and gratitude for a state of being where there is no yoke to sickness. And if there's no yoke to sickness, then we can't say, we, we, we don't identify a sickness that we're saying we're grateful we don't have. The sickness is destroyed. We're yeah. in a realm where it doesn't exist. And if it doesn't exist, then it's not something that we can manifest. So let me make sure I'm understanding this right. So you're really talking to us about a posture, um, a perspective that we're approaching healing from. Um, rather than being anti, fill in the blank, we are pro you don't want to, your thoughts should not be anti whatever it is. That's negative. You need to be pro right. the, the outcome that you're uh, trying to achieve. Yeah. So when people around you, okay, granny's on the phone. <laughs> granny, uh, and she calls you up and she wants to start talking about sickness and death. Close, uh, close your attention and mentally assert at that moment, I am, therefore I am life. Mm-hmm. I am that substance. And that substance is the eternal life of perfected health, which mm-hmm. is coursing through this physical body. And you know, people are going to say you're nuts. They're going to say you're crazy. They're going to say, oh, this doesn't really matter. Words are just words and blah, blah, blah. But this is making me think we watched that Forks Over Knives documentary many years ago and one of the doctors on there said you know people tell me oh this diet vegan or whatever it's so extreme it's so extreme and he said but I think that taking an artery out of your leg and cutting yourself open and attaching it to your heart he said I feel like that's extreme that's extreme Um, and so you could really actually overlay (laughs) that with kinetic belief you know 
do I sound nuts? Well, okay. I, so I sound, you think I sound nuts, but the, what's nuts is to live under condemnation. What's nuts is to live under sickness and lack when we don't have to. And the spirit of death and all mm. of those things. Mm. I love that you were you called up the surgeon that did the documentary and had this wonderful conversation with him. I was like, I have, a, I have a few more questions and I Googled I'm like, I'm like, who are you talking to? I'm like the guy that made that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> he was really nice. <laughs> It's really helpful. Well, but you know what we're talking about here, Meg, <laughs> is, is these are the exercises of a kinetic believer who is yes. choosing only those thoughts which are thoughts of health. And then mm. they're working to rearrange their environment so that their environment now is supporting them and only is suggesting thoughts and actions of perfected health. Mm. If you have to go and create a, a huga space, fill your place of dwelling with light Fill up your home with positive music and plants, healthy plants. Get rid of those that aren't healthy and, and have <laughs> quiet conversations of positivity. Stay away from pettiness and condemnation, judgment, strife, and bitterness. These thought forms are toxic and they will make the body sick. The substance of life requires the fertile soil of unconditional love to flourish. I really love this focus that you're giving us uh, of... You know the, the the how meaningful it is, what you're focusing on, and how that's going to be our key, the secret to success. You know, when you go to the grocery store and you're trying to eat healthy, you know, I'm just <laughs> I'm imagining, I'm just going to go look at the Cheetos because I don't, I'm not going to get them. <laughs> I'm going to go look at the food <laughs> that I know I shouldn't buy. Let me get, I'll be on the potato chip aisle. What are you doing? Because this is what I shouldn't buy. Right. Yes, but that's what we the, do. But that's what we do. You know, we we have to keep imagining the perfect relationship. You know, if our body maybe it doesn't look healthy to us, we have to imagine and see and see it. it and that's the thing; it has to become so real. We need to be imagining and mm -hmm. meditating yeah. on these things yes. to to such a degree and such a depth that when it actually shows up, it's almost as if it's always been there because we it was so. It was so palpable. I mean, we could almost taste it. It was just right there because our imagination was so rich and vivid and purposeful. And that is the beautiful thing, isn't it? That we don't have to try to compel the healthy functions within us by observing and paying attention to the things that we don't want. Yes. The kinetic belief principles of abundant health will take care of the details if we give our attention only to thoughts of health and putting a quiet, non-judgmental demand on peace in mm. our lives. Yes. In other words, we don't have to use our dominion to overcome adverse, unfriendly forces of destruction. Don't go out here looking to do battle with cancer every day. Don't go out here looking to do mm. battle Whoa. with those that are negative and toxic every day. Wow. Doing battle... Uh, causes us to become subjective to those things. There are, listen, there are no unfriendly forces unless you align yourself with them. Mm. There's only one power, one source, and the force is friendly. The force is kind. The force is loving to you. It is a force upholding the expanding life, the flourishing life, which manifests perfected health. Everything in the universe wants every human being to be well. And each mm. individual person has nothing to overcome but their own habits of thinking in a certain way about sickness and disease, not having enough, uh, being in lack and poverty and other ideas of being un unworthy. 
So a person doesn't have to have a symptom to be sick. Sickness is present within the one who has an expectation of the reality of sickness. That's a sick person waiting to happen. In the same way, poverty. Look, poverty doesn't have to be present for a person to be impoverished. Some of the uh, most impoverished people that I know have more money than they'll ever know what to do with. But they're poor. Poverty. Look, poverty is present within the one who has an expectation of the reality of poverty. It produces the anxiety of loss. And where there is anxiety, there is fear. And where there is fear, there is the destructive force of decay and death are uh, decay and, and death are at work in that person's life. Wow. Isn't it inter- interesting that no one has ever experienced anything of great importance until they first thought of themselves uh, in that experience? Yes. Having that experience? Yes. Tom Brady, he didn't experience that of being an NFL quarterback until he thought of himself in that way. He didn't just wake up one day on the football field uh, throwing for 450 yards. (laughs) Michael Jordan didn't experience that of being an NBA basketball legend until he thought of himself in that way. And of course, this this seems maybe silly, and maybe you're going, well, of course— but at the same, look, no surgeon, astronaut, entrepreneur, artist, explorer, or inventor ever experienced any of those things without first thinking of themselves in that way. And so what I'm saying is no person ever experienced poverty, sickness, strife, bitterness, boredom, or any other form of decay and diminishment without first thinking of themselves in that way. So what's going on here? The universal law of kinetic belief works to attract and to manifest in alignment with whatever a person should use the substance of their belief system to create for them to experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, George Orwell's (laughs) classic novel, uh, 1984, which was written. That was a crazy year, huh? Well, I think he wrote it in 1949, (laughs) which must have been a crazier year. (laughs) But yeah, 84, crazy year. But, but... It, which is still a great modern classic of of a, a negative utopia, right? Yes. But in that book, he wrote, but if thought corrupts language, language can also corrupt thought. A kinetic believer decides what things they will think about. Mm-hmm. That's a true statement. And what things they will talk about, words or things. And what things they will act upon and what things they will be grateful for. And it's the abundance of those things that they will manifest into their lives. Wow. You know, uh, any kind of strife acts as a road construction worker that's just holding up a stop sign at a work site. And they never turn the stop sign around. Mm. And I think we may have been at that intersection (laughs) the other day. But it just says stop. And there they are. But that's what strife is like because because of the strife, you'll just sit there year after year after year after year, never going anywhere in your life. There's strife there and it keeps you and it holds you in that place. Listen, refuse to pay attention to any petty strife wherever you are in your life. And I am telling you that you will begin to clear a path to manifesting your highest viewpoint, dreams and desires into your life. Because we now know there is one thought form, one substance from which 
all things are made. The substance from which all things are made permeates all of the inner spaces of the universe. And any thought form, listen, any thought form held in this substance attracts the thing that you're imagining while, while holding in that thought form the idea, the imagination, and the dream. This is the law of kinetic belief. And this is, this is what determines the life you will live. Let's work on some highest few points. <laughs> yes. Just say this out loud. Say, all is right with the world. All is right with, with, with the... <laughs> you got me excited. <laughs> all is right with the Come world. On, you can do it. It is <laughs> perfect. It is perfect. While advancing toward completion. While advancing toward completion. And so. And so. I will not be upset. I will not be upset. By what is changing. By what is changing. Toward perfected completion. Mm, toward perfected completion. I only see the good. I only see the good. And not what needs to be changed. And not what needs to be changed. I contemplate the facts. I contemplate the facts. Of social and political and personal relationships. Of social, political and personal relationships only from this highest viewpoint only from this highest viewpoint because from up here because from up here where the weather is fine where the weather is fine it is all very good it's all very good and i see all human beings and i see all human beings all of my acquaintances all of my acquaintances my friends and neighbors <laughs> my friends and neighbors and the members of my own household the members of my own household in the same way in the same way they are all good they're all good nothing is wrong nothing is wrong in the entire universe in the entire universe Nothing can be wrong. Nothing can be wrong. But my own personal attitude. My own personal attitude. And so therefore. And so therefore. I keep that right. I keep that right. My whole trust. My whole trust. Is in the ongoing work. Is in the ongoing work. Of the unconditional love. Of the unconditional love. Of my creator. Of my creator. Of God. Of God. Wow. We are equipped to build our house of health and overlay that with relationships and all of the things that we hold most dear, all of our dreams, all even the forgotten ones, you know, the ones that are going to resurface because we finally know that if we focus on it, it will come. Mm, yes. Mm. Sending out much light and so much love to all you KB creatives yeah. all around the world. Mm. Thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.